This standing chat is hosted by Humbleworks, the designers and manufacturers of quality ergonomically designed standing desks and related products. We'll be speaking to Professor Levine, the authority on the benefits of standing versus sitting. He has received more than 50 awards in the field of science, started more than two dozen companies and is the author of Get Up, a book which opened the eyes of millions of people to our modern sedentary lifestyle and the health issues behind sitting down for extended periods of time. Hello, Professor Levine. Hi, India. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Very excited to you to open my mind um, to the subject of NEAT. This is what I'm going to be talking to you about today. Perfect. I don't really know that much about it. <laughs> so I'm going to start by asking you. <laughs> well, it was, rather, it was rather good then that I've spent the last sort of 30 years studying Exactly, this. exactly. Uh, so what, what is NEAT exactly? Uh, so, so, so NEAT, apart from being a tidiness fetish, is a scientific <laughs> term for non-exercise activity thermogenesis non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Okay. Exercise like spandex, gym, sweat. Mm -hmm. Non-exercise is all the other movements we do throughout the day, whether that's walking to work, waiting in line at the post office, standing on the bus, whatever it may be. Even those fidgety-like movements are non-exercise activities. Thermogenesis, calorie burning. Thermogenesis are the calories we burn throughout the day. Now, the way a person burns calories is one of these areas that's terribly exploited by businesses, often misunderstood by our colleagues and ourselves but most importantly, is often at the central thinking of how my patients come to us to understand how best to lose weight or get healthy or burn calories, burn energy. There are three main ways a person burns calories. There's the basal metabolic rate, there's the thermic effect of food, and then there's activity. If I may, please, may I walk you through those three. Basal metabolic rate is the calories a person burns at complete rest. Now, when you wake up in the morning, that is about your basal metabolic rate, lying calmly down. And what's important to bear in mind is that your basal metabolic rate is determined by your body size. The bigger you are, the bigger your basal metabolic rate, the smaller you are, the smaller your metabolic rate. More precisely, it's determined by your amount of lean tissue. The more lean tissue you have, the bigger your best metabolic rate, and the less lean tissue you have, the smaller your metabolic rate. That's basal metabolic rate, largely determined by body size. But what's really important is that a person can't really affect their basal metabolic rate on a day-to-day -day basis. The second one is the thermic effect of food. Now, basal metabolic rate affects two-thirds of your total calorie burn. The thermic effect of food affects about 10%. It's not a lot, so I won't spend much time talking about it, but when you have a big meal, we all know that feeling of getting warm, right? 
before taking your nap. That getting warm is the energy the body is expending, breaking down the food into chemicals and putting it through the liver into the storage systems of the body. That's the thermic effect of food. You get it three times a day, but it's only about 10%. And the remainder of the calories you burn is through activity. That activity is either exercise activity thermogenesis or non-exercise activity thermogenesis, NEAT. Just to touch on exercise for a second. It is fantastic for those of us who do go to the gym, do our yoga, Pilates, bicycling, whatever it may be, absolutely fantastic. Or if you do it at home, fantastic too, running too. But think about the two-hour gym visit. Half an hour is in the car to get there. It takes 10 to 15 minutes to change. Then there's the class. Whoa! The classes, and that takes, what, 30 to 40 minutes. Then there comes, then there's the sort of the showering. Then there's actually the biggest impediment to going to the gym, which is actually not my biggest impediment to going to the gym, which is redoing one's hair. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. And then you have to get back to where you started in the car. So, Bear in mind, for that two-hour gym visit, you've probably only actually been active for 40 minutes. Now, the other thing is, most people don't get to the gym every day. They go three times a week. Ah, on, a, on a good week, right? So even regular gym goers doing two hours three times a week, when you really bubble it down and you look at the calories they burn, they may burn you know, several hundred calories while they're sprinting away, doing the yoga, whatever it may be. But when you average it out over the day and consider how the actual amount of time the person has spent doing stuff, it only averages, even in gym goes, 100, 150 calories a day on average. And remember, 95% of the world's population don't take formal exercise of this type at all. And so, Therefore, you start to realize that if I can't affect my basal metabolic rate, the thermic effect of food is small, and most people don't go to the gym, certainly my, most of my patients don't, and even if I do go to the gym, it's only 100, 150 calories a day on average, the only missing portion accounting for a third, we'll talk about it in a second, of the calories I burn is through non-exercise activity. And it's the only one you can truly affect because you've got sort of the whole way, you've got 15 hours a day to actually impact it. So, if you consider it that way and you say, well, I want to increase my calorie burn, what do the numbers actually teach us? What do we actually learn? We've done, others and ourselves have done studies where we've taken the, all these everyday activities and added the calorie impact of all of them, doing them the chair-based way versus doing them the neat way. Washing the dishes. The best way to wash your dishes is, well, apart from, <laughs> apart from ordering takeout food and not washing them at all, but a, the best way of washing your dishes is to put them in a machine the best way of washing your clothes is to put them in a machine. The best way to get to work is to dry, you know. We know all of this, this is the modern world. If you take all of those activities and convert them to active activities, and that can be washing your dishes by hand, uh, 
heaven forbid, washing your clothes by hand, <laughs> uh, and you know, walking to work and so on and so forth, if you simply make those conversions and do nothing else, a person, an average person, will burn an extra, drum roll, 700 calories a day. Wow. It's huge. 700 calories a day. That is huge. And, and actually, I guess we can almost, when we know we're going to the gym that day, we almost give ourselves an excuse to sit down longer because we know that we're going to the gym. But actually, kind of what you're saying is by going to the gym, you're reducing the amount of calories you're burning because you have to spend maybe half an hour driving there and you're going in your head, oh, I'm going to the gym, so it's all right, I can sit down in the morning. When actually if we took that whole activity out and replaced it with washing the dishes, cleaning the house, walking to work, you can benefit your, your, your body and your mind so much more than doing what on paper we see as being healthy. So, India, I've got to tell you, I've actually never thought about it that way after doing this for a very, very long time. No, no, I'm serious. I've never thought about it that way. And I, and I actually have to tell you, you're, you're probably right. I, I never thought about it. You're probably right. The only counterpoint I'd make, and this is really important, because mm. when we work with big offices and big corporations, this issue comes up again and again, and I want to be very, very clear. For those of us who like going to the gym, for those of us who can afford gym memberships, for those of us who feel good in the gym, keep doing it. It's fantastic. It's fun. It's social. It's kind of cool to put on the clothes and go out if that's what you like to do. The classes can be mentally sort of rewarding and it's, all, it's, you know, it's very good fun. And I think it's very, very important not to get lost in the message. Everything you said is correct and I actually agree with you. But if you're somebody who, who's, who's watching this and thinking, I love the gym, I'm saying to you, love it more, keep doing it, enjoy it. But for those of us who don't, converting those inactive moments to active ones, piece by piece, thought by thought, is extremely powerful. And we do have that 700 calorie option in our lives. You can do it the chair-based way or the 700 calorie neat way. And you don't drop a, a drop of sweat and you don't need to change your clothes. Mm -hmm. So both are great, but this for most people, particularly my patients, is greatest. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I feel like I'm having a bit of a light bulb moment with this whole neat <laughs> thing. Um, and I want to know how can I change my personal daily habits to introduce NEAT more into my daily life? <laughs> a, a brilliant question. When a person asks a question such as yours, your gut feeling is to tic-tac, meaning tips and tricks. But more deeply, and I think more importantly, you said, I think, a key word, how can I change my daily behaviors? Because changing your behaviors is more than a tip and a trick. I would think about it this way. The science is really clear, and it's actually these sort of things we're talking about are not disputed, I'm not giving anything controversial, heaven forbid. We know that if you get off your bottom and walk 
at a slow pace, and I'm talking shopping pace, which is strolling pace, you're going to burn an extra 100 to 150 calories an hour. Okay? Indisputable. If I convert one meeting a day from being a one-hour sitting meeting to a one-hour walking meeting, strolling, chatting, ideas, I'm going to burn an extra 700 to 800 calories a week. 700 calories a week for converting one meeting from sitting to the same meeting walking. No sweat, no change in clothes. Okay. Tips and tricks. That's not the same thing as planning to integrate this into your life. Sometimes I think about this almost like, you know, in human relationships. You can meet somebody for coffee, fantastic, they come and they go, but they're not part of your life. When a person gets married or has a deep relationship, they integrate into each other's lives and it takes planning and it takes thought and it takes work, work, work. It's not, it's, it's work done with love, but it's work. And this I think of the same way. If I want to bring activity into my life, it's not coming for free. It sounds like it, getting up and moving, walking, no clothes, no gym, ah, but it's not. It's more, it's, it is going to require work. It's like an adage of life. If you don't put anything in, you're not going to get anything out. And this is no different. So when I literally sit down with a patient and talk through their day, I have, I have my patients have at first have logged their days almost like in a little diary. And there are apps to do this too. A piece of paper is just as good. And what we do is we sit down, we get up, and we talk through that patient's day. Not everybody can walk to work. I, I work six and a half miles, and it's, there's a motorway in between. I can't walk. Walking to work is silly. But I can park in parking lot C, not parking lot A, and do a 30-minute walk into the office. If I do that every single day, that's an hour of walking a day for free. No time lost because I'm not waiting, waiting, waiting for the perfect parking space. The meeting with my manager, with my boss, is not something I can go and say, let's be honest. I want to do this meeting, walk and talk. It's just not going to happen. But when I meet with Joanne in accounting for our weekly meeting, we've been colleagues for 10 or 15 years. There's no reason we can't do that meeting, walking and talking. We have a circuit in our office where we do this walking and talking. That can be built into my schedule. Not only can it be built into my schedule, it can be color-coded on my scheduling system so that green means walk and talk meeting. And, 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 and we can go through our days just like you were saying with your dog. Your dog would be surprised, maybe pleasantly surprised, that after each of your meals you're going to do a 15-minute walk. And you might say, well, hang on a sec, Jim, hang on a sec. There's neighbors. I can't miss neighbors. No problem. Neighbours starts at 7.45, meal at 7.15, walk 7.30 to 7.45, both, both tasks accomplished. And, and, and as we tease apart our day, we start to realise that yes, we can simply get up now and go for a walk, ah, job, but it's not like that. Integrating neat into your day takes thought, takes planning, and yes, it takes work, it takes commitment. But, like with all behavioral changes, once you've done it for a while, and the, and the, the magic number, there is, I love science, there is a magic number as to what that means, 21 days. So if you can do this 
walk before your TV program with your dog every day for 21 days, you've got it. If I can do my weekly meeting with Joanne for 21 weeks in a row, four months, I've got it. Mm-hmm. And, and on we go. So it takes work, it takes commitment, it takes thought. But the cool thing about integrating NEAT into your everyday is that every single person can do it. And I guess it's about just rethinking everything we, we do habitually and going, hang on a moment, just because this is the status quo doesn't mean it, we have to continue doing it. And like you say, you know, 21 times, eventually it'll get into our bodies. And then if we go to have that sit-down meeting with Joanne instead, that will feel weird. Yeah, you are, again, 100% correct. The thing that, again, is very, very interesting is that when you start questioning, it's exactly what you said, when you start questioning how I live my own day and I start doing it different, what is fascinating, we call this the neat ripple effect, we never thought this, we never anticipated this, I promise you, it just proved to be the case. What happens is you start to question it. Hang on, I have, do I actually need a weekly meeting with Joanne? Is that actually necessary? Well, perhaps I don't need it at all. Perhaps both of us can stop having do it every other week and instead I'm going to add the same block of time and just go for a walk in the, outside, in the gardens, whatever it may be. And so the process by which we're integrating things, again, it isn't simply a trick or a, it, it requires that planning, exactly as you said. But what is really interesting is as you question everything you do in your day, you're actually questioning how you live your day. Mm. As you're questioning how you live your days, you're questioning how you live your weeks and your weekends and ultimately your life. And one of the things we found really interesting is we started rolling out programs like this into big offices and into schools actually, is that people really actually start to question how they're living their lives. Again, I'm not afraid to tell you I've had amazing relationships with people who are friends and colleagues and, 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 and life partners. And I've had less good relationships. But at the end of the day, stagnation is no good for anything. Unless you actually proactively take up that decision to investigate, to make it move, to add dynamism, to make it exciting, to bring in the sparks of excellence and excitement, it's going nowhere. And it is as true for personal relationships as it, as it is true for how we work, as it is true as how we spend our leisure time. So it takes work, but my goodness, it's worth it. And, and that ripple effect idea, I think, is fascinating because obviously not only are you having a ripple effect in your own personal health and well-being, you're going to be having a ripple effect on other people's lives because if you're saying, go on, Joe, let's go for a walk, she's going, oh. All right then, I'll, I'll go with you and then you're hopefully then inspiring her to then do the same and then she'll probably ask, I don't know, Terry in the office to do the same and you can just see this, this neat idea. It's really, really cool. India, 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 listen to this. So everything you said is true. But one of my favourite stories when we, when we went into our first offices in, in Minnesota, at Salo they were called, Amy, who was actually one of the... the co-CEOs came up to me and said, we've been working with the company, I think, for three and a half months at that point. She said, Jim, I've got to tell you something. We had my son's eldest birthday party last weekend. 
And normally we have them come over, they watch a movie, we eat cake and ice cream, fantastic. We said, no, we're not going to do that. And it was, this was in Minnesota, snow six, six months of the year. We, we had a tobogganing party. They made their own toboggans, they did racing. And she said, my, you know what my son said to me? My son didn't say it was neat, didn't say it was active. He said it was the best party we've ever had. And she said the reason it popped into her mind as a mum was because of all this stuff she was doing at work. And that is the most beautiful ripple of all. And we see this all the time. And I could give you, I know we've got thousands of hours, so I could give you probably 500, literally 500 examples of things, just as you're saying, in the office, but also in people's homes, in people's personal lives. Just another quick story. I, one of our, one, um, a man who was in one of our office programs, his mum was a, something like an Olympic cyclist. I mean, obviously a generation ago. And he said he's been very overweight all his life and so on and so forth. And so on. He lost 20 pounds. And he said to me, I've got to tell you, I bought the first bike since I was a kid. And I've started cycling. And then he starts telling me about his mum. And his mum was always cycling. And she was like a super athlete and all this kind of thing. And, I, and, and we sort of sat down. And he, he explained that he, he'd taken off, obviously, office job. And one job led to another. He got married. He gained more weight. And then his job became more stressful. And he ate more. But it just wasn't him. It wasn't him. And, and his genetics, if you like, was to be like, you know, have the genes of his mum. And he'd bought his first bike. So he'd sort of graduated from a NEAT program to now the exercise program. Fantastic. And guess what? At the end of the story, this man has lost 25 kilos. He's really, really strong. He like cycles 50 miles a day, all this kind of thing. Unbelievable. But the NEAT ripple is once you start to, I suppose I, the way I think about it would be to say, once you start to empower your day, your minute, your hour, it ripples on from there, not only into your own life and how you're living your professional and personal relations, but then into your colleagues and your friends and ultimately your family. I love that word empower because I think that's, I'm, you know, wanting to do this now in, in my life, that's gonna, it's gonna, how it's going to make you feel. You're not, your life isn't leading you, you're leading your own life, you're making your choices, you're looking outside the box and, and how you can do just normal daily activities like have a meeting, which is, which is fascinating and totally makes sense. And I'm really excited to, I almost want to get neat tattooed <laughs> to my hand, I think, just a little reminder, oh yeah, okay, let's, let's change things it's, up again. It's a fascinating idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>